Welcome to We Are Free. I am your host, Becky Marchecho, and you're listening to episode 28. This is a podcast about letting go of what we think our lives should look like and the sweet freedom God has for us on the other side of surrender. My guest today is Kat Schmoyer. Kat is a mamapreneur, the founder of Creative at Heart and a wedding planner. Kat and her husband, Matt, work together from home full-time running their businesses while raising their son, Micah. She has a slight obsession with all things pink and could talk all day about Bachelor Nation. Kat is expecting her second little one in April and can't wait to see the plans God has in store for their family of four. Welcome, Kat. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me, Becky. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So when you're due very soon. <laughs> I am. I'm due in about four weeks right now from okay. when we record this. <laughs> okay. I know we yeah. were chatting a little bit before. How is it being a pregnant mama with a toddler during the coronavirus? Oh, we're not leaving the house. That's all. <laughs> Between him touching germs and me not wanting to touch germs, we just stay inside or in our backyard, our little safe haven for yeah, sure. That's so good. Um, so this is your, what number pregnancy? Your second? This is my fourth pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you've had two miscarriages mm-hmm. um, and this baby, um, it's your fourth baby coming along. Um, yeah. Kat, can you give us a little bit of background just like on what your personal life and your journey and your family has looked like in the last three, four years? Yeah, Kind of absolutely. take us back to the beginning of you guys starting to have a family. Absolutely. So Matt and I are high school sweethearts. um, And we, even though we got married um, younger, we knew that we wanted to have a couple of years, just us before starting to try for a family. Um, I was incredibly naive in the beginning process of thinking about starting a family. Um, My mother, no one really close to me had experienced miscarriages or experienced infertility. So I think that kind of added to me just thinking like, oh, well, when we want a baby, like we'll just get a baby. Like it, it works that quickly and that easily. And we know that that's not always the case for a lot of us. Um, so we began, you know, quote unquote, trying to get pregnant and about six months into trying to conceive, I got pregnant and then we, um, experienced a miscarriage with that pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then immediately following that pregnancy, I got pregnant again and we experienced another miscarriage with that pregnancy. Um, and then it took us about a full year to mm-hmm. conceive with my son, Micah, um, and then have obviously, you know, he's here now. We're so grateful that he's healthy, um, and here with us, but it was definitely, um, just a really long, it felt so long and, and, um, we waited to just see how the Lord was going to provide in that season. Um, there were a lot of ups and downs in my faith in that season. If I can be really transparent with that, of just going through a lot of different emotions, um, and trying to process through what was happening, like physically, um, and emotionally to my body and to, you know, just to how I was feeling just as a woman, um, outside of anything spiritual, but then also processing through like, okay, Lord, like, what are you doing and questioning, um, so much of that part of my story. Yeah. Take us back cat to that first pregnancy um did you when you had that first miscarriage like how did that happen did you feel like something was physically wrong did you where were you at how far along were you I was not very far along. Um, I was only a few weeks pregnant. I was about six weeks pregnant. um, And I started having bleeding. Um, So it was a very obvious like, okay, this can't be normal. Like something has to be wrong. Um, And so I I called my practice. I went in and they started doing um, blood work. Um, And so they wanted to check my um, levels, my hormone levels. 
<clears throat> to make sure that everything you know was okay. We actually went through a whole week of every 48 hours I went in to get tested and my blood work was coming back positive. So they were like, okay, it must just be implantation bleeding. Like everything's great. We're going to, you know, we want like, we're excited for you. Like, we're going to keep moving forward with everything. Um, that was about the, like, six-week mark. Um, we were actually scheduled to go on vacation. Um, we weren't leaving the country, but we were leaving the state. We were going with my family. We go to the beach every summer. So we were, you know, planning to go on vacation. They said, yes, go ahead. Like, if something comes up, you are in an area where you can go to a hospital. You can go to a doctor. Um, unfortunately, midweek that week, um, we ended up in the emergency room. Um, and that was when we discovered that... Um, we had lost that pregnancy. And so it was that particular miscarriage was incredibly hard for me. And not that none of, you know, not that the other one wasn't, but that one in particular was hard because I felt like we'd been given hope, Mm -hmm. um, you know, given a green light, like, oh, it looks good. Like we've been monitoring you for a week. You've been coming in every 48 hours. We've been taking all this blood work. Like you're going to be good to go, like go on, enjoy your life, go on vacation, you know, celebrate with your family. Like we told our family, like all of these things. So it felt, um, it felt like hope just came crashing down on me. And that was incredibly difficult for me to navigate through of like, okay, why Lord? Like, why did you give me a little bit of hope in the beginning? Why not just tell me a week ago? Why let me, you know, linger on. And then it was just very traumatic to experience the ER situation, you know, in an area that we're not familiar with and, and, and then having to drive seven hours home afterward. Like it just, there was a lot in there. Um, that was just really hard to walk through and really hard to deal with. Yeah. Looking back now, are you able, able, do you see in the time you're like, well, why God, why did you do it this way? Mm-hmm. Like, is there any, maybe there isn't right now, or maybe you can't see it, but can you see looking back, like maybe what that time was for, why, you know, you felt the hope and then you had this traumatic situation happen. Um, looking back, do you see maybe any goodness in that time? I do. I, um, I actually see a lot of goodness in like both of our miscarriages kind of combined, like that whole season, like that, like six month ish season of, of grief and of hurt. Um, I had a lot to learn. Not that, you know, I've learned all the things now and, <laughs> um, and so great spiritually now. Um, but I think that, um, I really needed to learn what it was like to trust. I really needed to learn what it was like to like hold things with an open hand um, and not actively try to do them all on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, My personality, I think it comes from being an entrepreneur and just you see something, you want to fix the problem, get it done and, you know, move on in a sense. And the Lord just really um, molded my heart to understand that he was the provider of that. And he was the one that, wanted to be there to, um, to fulfill those dreams and those, those things that I had. And I needed to allow him like the space to move in to do that. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's good. Um, do you, so you get, you got pregnant very quickly after. I did. So what was that like then? Okay. It's like I'm pregnant again. You had just had a miscarriage. Like, what are you feeling at that point? Um, that one was a lot of fear, of course, in the initial, you know, pregnancy, like seeing, you know, pregnant two lines on multiple tests that I took a lot of initial fear in that. 
Um, but it also made me feel like the first one was just like a fluke. Like, oh, okay, like we did it. We survived a miscarriage. Like, great, I get a gold star. Mm-hmm. Now the Lord's going to give us this baby and he's going to give us this baby right away, like within just a very few short months after the first one. Um, so then with that um, pregnancy, everything was fine. I had no bleeding. I had no physical signs that anything was wrong. And we were told at our eight week appointment um, when we went in to like have the first ultrasound. Um, so that was shocking. It was like the first one was like hope got taken away. And then the second one was like a complete and utter shock because I truly felt like, no, the Lord's going to provide this time. Like this is our, this is our baby. Um, and physically I'm feeling great. And now we're going to go in and we're going to get to see the heartbeat and you know, all of these things are going to progress. Um, so to find out in the ultrasound room was just awful. What, um, did the next days after that look like for you guys, for you and Matt, um, for your marriage, for to see you personally, emotionally? Um, it was really hard. Uh, we actually, the conference that we host, we had a conference that weekend. Um, so we found out that the they told us that the pregnancy was not viable or, you know, their medical terms that they used. And they wanted me to come back the next week to see what our next steps would be if we would, you know, need to undergo surgery, like what they would need to do. Um, and so I, we had a conference in another state and uh, we went to that conference. Um, and then I began to physically miscarry on the drive home from that conference. Um, so it, again, it was just more trauma. I think for yeah. me, I'm just walking through like, okay, it wasn't just a situation where, okay, we can find out this bad news and then I can hunker down in my bedroom with the lights off under the covers and just kind of mourn and grieve or pretend that it didn't happen. Um, We still needed to act like everything was fine um, and then have, you know, those physical repercussions happen, you know, several days later. And so at that particular time, again, it was absolutely awful and I would never wish it on anybody, but I can look back at that full six month season and I can see where Matt and I, as a couple, like we only had each other to cling to, Like mm-hmm. that's what it felt like. Um, and so that's what we were doing. Uh, and I think that that's where grief can so quickly in marriages, like rip people apart or pull people together. And mm-hmm. thankfully for us, like the Lord really used it to like pull us together, mm-hmm. even though we both handled the grief very differently. Our personalities are so opposite. So that I think is just normal for us to handle it very differently. We still knew that like, we just have each other in this season and we can't, um, we can't break away from that and we have to lean into one another. Yeah. What did that, um, how did Matt deal with it? I feel like I've talked with a lot of women, like I haven't heard from a lot of men and like husbands of like, what did that look like for him? Obviously, like as a woman, you're the one dealing with it physically and, um, probably a little bit more emotionally, but where was he at? Um, I think for him, it was similar to me in that the second one felt like a little bit more of a wake up call. Like the first one was kind of like, oh, okay, but this happens to people, you know, like this happens to one in three or like there's so many statistics about this. Like we can move on from this. Like it was just a one time thing. So I think the second time made us both more fearful. Mm -hmm. And is this now going to be our story forever and ever? Like, will this continue to happen? Yeah. So I know that that those were some conversations that he and I had. Um, He also, though, is just incredibly good at 
having like a positive outlook on things, which is where we are very opposite. I say I'm a realist, maybe a <laughs> pessimist sometimes. <laughs> um, and he's definitely like the positive outlook. Like we um, very much reminding me that the Lord knows and we don't know the future. Mm-hmm. So we need to like cling to that um, very much just being that like rock and that steady person. Um, and I appreciate all of those character traits, like even more having walked through like that season. Yeah. That's so good. I have a very positive husband as well. <laughs> He's a seven. He thinks everything is very positive. Matt, Matt's an eight wing seven. Okay. So yes. He's got some of that in there. Yes. Um, Kat, so you said it was like another year after that, before you guys got pregnant with mm-hmm. Micah. Did you stop trying to have a baby get pregnant at that time? Or were you still pursuing it? And then it took that long or what happened in that season? We were still pursuing it. Mm -hmm. So as soon as we got the go ahead, you know, after the second miscarriage, we we knew that we still wanted to have a family. Um, And so that was something that we were going to do. And I sort of um, beforehand, because of our businesses and the conference with weddings and things like that, I'd been really timely and trying to plan things out to perfection. Like, okay, well, we have this three month window to conceive. And then after the second miscarriage, I was like, whenever and whatever, like I'll move around to any other life event, you know, like this baby is the most important thing. So that had changed my perspective on, you know, the the quote unquote scheduling of, you know, having a baby. Um, So we were, you know, very much trying to conceive. Um, I felt called um, to not for, or to not um, pursue any sort of um, infertility treatments at that specific season. Um, a lot of, you know, kind of reasons were factoring into that for me personally, and Matt was very supportive of that. And so, um, of course, we were working with my midwife and, you know, trying to be as proactive as possible, but we really just felt like at that particular season, we wanted to like lean into like God's story for us without us trying to intervene in any way. Yeah, were they telling um, you that if you would have done X, Y, and Z, it would have happened faster? Like were they were not necessarily. Okay. We actually ended up uh, switching practices that, mm-hmm. and that's a whole nother mm-hmm. like story that we don't even need to get into. I will say though, it's good to just be an advocate for yourself. And if you have, you know, a gut feeling about a certain situation that that's why there are other practices and personalities that you can, you know, meet with. Yeah. So we did end up switching practices throughout all of that. And with our now the current practice that we have, and we absolutely love the midwives there and um, just their philosophy and like heart behind everything that they're doing. Um, we had actually gotten to a point, um, where we were very much starting to think about adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was just feeling like there were little, um, the Lord was dropping like little nuggets about that in my life. I know how that um, goes. For several months. Yeah, <laughs> you do. I felt like for several months, it was just like little things here or there. Um, and so we had, um, decided that the month that we ended up conceiving Micah, we had said would be that month. We had said, if we're not pregnant by the end of the year, then we will actively be prayerfully as a couple talking and praying about adoption and just pursuing like what that would look like in our lives. I'm not knowing if the Lord would open doors or shut doors, but just knowing like, okay, we're going to give it a few more months. And then when the year closes, when we start into the next, we are going to really pursue what adoption would look like for us. Um, and then that is the the month that we conceived Micah, which is just such a blessing. Yeah. 
so you've had two miscarriages, you're pregnant now, third baby. Like how yeah. did you, was there a time throughout that pregnancy? Obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, I'm assuming you went into it with a little bit of like fear. You want to trust the Lord, but at the same time, you, I'm sure there's some natural like fear there still. Um, tell me a little bit about what that pregnancy looked like for you um, and your relationship with God during that time, um, trying to be open-handed with this third pregnancy. Yeah, the Lord really, really like blessed and protected my heart during my pregnancy with Micah. I'm going to like be really transparent with that. It, I, I know that on paper, it looks like that whole pregnancy should have been just a lot of fear, right? Like two miscarriages in something has to be wrong the third time, you know, like just, it looks like it should have been ridden with anxiety. And like the, I, it was not mm. like the Lord protected it. It felt like that one felt like so much joy. Like we were finally getting, the baby that we'd been waiting for. Um, and I don't know if it's because there was so much space between, you know, the second miscarriage and, and then getting pregnant with him since there was a year in there. So I had had time to do a lot of hard work, you know, and I'd had a lot of, I feel like, um, just expectations, changing my expectations and really having like tough conversations with the Lord, pleading with him, being angry with him, being sad with him, you know, so many different emotions going on in that time frame, so that when we did conceive Micah, it really was like, okay, yeah, like this is it. Like this is that, ra- like truly that rainbow that we're now receiving because of this like long season in the desert. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so cool to hear. Cause again, like I said, I would assume there was at least a little bit of fear or something in there. Yeah. Um, what, um, okay. So baby number four now on the way, um, yeah. what did that look like when you became <laughs> pregnant that time? Very different, very different. I will say, um, this one, we, um, knew it, that if we could plan it out, we would love to have two children close in age. Um, so we were very excited to conceive this pregnancy. Um, and we don't know if we're having a boy or a girl, which is really fun to, um, to be waiting for that. Um, this one has been full of anxiety. Mm. Um, and I, I, there's a couple different things that I think can factor into it. Um, a lot of it is I, um, I think I feared and have, you know, still fear with still carrying this baby, um, that the ball's about to drop, you know, like, Oh, well we, we, yes, we had two miscarriages. That was a terrible season, but then we had a healthy baby and now we got pregnant pretty much exactly when we wanted to get pregnant, which is, wonderful and amazing, but something's going to go wrong. You know, something's going to be wrong with this baby. Something's going to go wrong in labor. Something's going to be wrong when this baby officially is earth side. There's just been a lot of anxiety in my heart. Um, and it's been harder for me to like give that to the Lord and trust the Lord with that. Mm -hmm. So how do you do that for like any mama listening Uh, who's in that same boat? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, it's been really making sure that I'm having like dedicated time in the word. Like, honestly, I found that the first couple months of this pregnancy were terrible, but my quiet times were terrible. Um, and I wasn't give so I, then I truly wasn't giving it to Jesus. You know, I wasn't spending that time reading what he was promising me, like what he's already told us is going to come true. Um, and I just wasn't able to lay it down. And so, um, a couple of months into this pregnancy, I knew like, okay, there has to be a connection between all of this anxiety that I'm feeling and the fact that I'm not in the word enough. And I need to make sure that like I'm in the word more. And so those verses are the things that I am 
marinating on. And those verses are the things that are coming into my head when I am feeling anxious. Um, on a super tactical, like practical thing, I also started leaving myself like sticky note reminders of promises of the Lord, like on my desk and just like in places where I knew like, this is where I am most of the time. So when I'm feeling anxious, like this is what I want to look at. Mm. And I don't want to focus on these other things. Um, and that's been really helpful too. That's such a good idea. I feel like anybody can do that, whether you, yeah. whatever you've dealt with in your life. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Kat, do you think that your um, outlook on like motherhood or parenting, like, do you feel like this whole season, everything that you've walked through has like changed your view on being a mom or like how, how you mother or um, just how you show up as a mom? I think it changes my perspective. Um, I think that I would be a different mom and a person if I hadn't had the two miscarriages. I don't want to say that I would take my children for granted, um, but I now understand um, how hard it is to have a baby. I, I feel like I understand uh, the true miracle of what that is and not just of childbirth and of like conceiving, but of just a family unit and the Lord like tying together a family unit and like what that looks like. Um, whereas if, you know, that had, if the miscarriages hadn't happened, then I, I wouldn't have that perspective and I wouldn't understand or really be as empathetic or mm -hmm. aware of women that are hurting. I think that was something that really shook me. Um, with our second miscarriage, uh, we had to, of course, you know, go into the doctor, um, when all of it physically was taking place. And I was, again, we had like just come home from a conference. So it, it just, we'd, I was emotionally a mess. I was in no sh way, shape or form able to like take care of myself, let alone, you know, like I just, I was not. Um, and I remember we got there like right when they opened and we walked into the waiting room and we're sitting in there and I'm just crying. Like I couldn't stop the tears. Like they literally had not stopped for like 24 hours. Um, Matt sitting beside me and, you know, other women are coming in, some with pregnant bellies, some without, you know, it's just, it's the open like OB waiting room and everyone's just sitting there. And I remember thinking like, Lord, what are all of these people's stories? You know, like I'm sitting here with this burden and I'm sure people could guess, you know, they probably right. had an assumption, like why is she crying in the corner? You know, literally. Um, but at the same time, it just made me so aware of like, we have no idea the struggles and the stories that people have walked through. And I now want to be more aware of that. And I want to be more sensitive to not knowing if somebody is struggling to conceive or not. So I don't want to ask them, when are you guys going to start a family or when I, I just, I want to be able to be that friend or even that stranger that can show them the kindness that they need when they need it. Yeah. Um, even without knowing like the story that they're walking through at that season. Yeah. When you were in the midst of it, did you like as a whole, do you feel like you isolated yourself or do you feel like you reached out um, and let your community, let your people know about it all? I isolated for a little bit and then I did open up and share publicly. Um, for me, the isolation was just necessary on my end. Like I just, again, I, I was, I was so broken. Um, and it's not saying that when I reached, when I started, you know, talking about it publicly, I was no longer broken. I just was in the initial, you know, grief where it, I was not able to talk about it with any sort of hope. Yeah. Um, 
my really good friend, Caitlin, who I know she's been on here before. That's a bit of advice she gave me years, even before the miscarriage. And we were talking about like, how do you know what to share online and when you're ready to talk about things? And I remember her telling me that if you can't talk about it with hope, then you shouldn't talk about it at all. Um, and that's something that's a lens that I want to walk everything through that I'm sharing online. Um, and so I knew initially, like, I can't talk about this with any form of hope. I'm just still so broken that I need to like introvert in for a little bit and I need to cocoon in and figure out what I'm doing. Um, and then as I was walking through the healing process, um, I felt like sharing publicly part of our story, um, would help me heal and would help me, um, give those babies life. Um, and, and just share that they they did exist and that they were real and uh, they changed my life. And even though like I'll never meet them, I won't get to see them until heaven. Like I wanted people to know about them. Um, so for me, sharing was a part of that healing process and really helpful for me and opening up about our story and then continuing to share while we were on our journey. Yeah, I continue to share about how I was healing from the miscarriages, days that I wasn't healing, you know, days that were really hard, um, quote unquote tips or things that, you know, if other mamas had had a miscarriage, like things that they could, that, that were helping me that I wanted to help them with and just really rally around this community that yeah. is what is beautiful about social media is the DMS that I would receive in those like one-on-one conversations that I could have with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me feel less alone. It made me feel less crazy, honestly, mm-hmm. you know, with some of the emotions and the things that were, were going on in my brain. Um, and it just really helped me to feel like I had women that I could turn to, um, that I knew understood, like truly understood because they had walked through similar seasons. Yeah. I think that's so beautiful. I agree. That's like the best part of social media. I almost think the best part is when you are dealing with something that is hard and challenging because it brings out like the goodness and hope and spirit of people versus just like, you know, people giving their opinions about things that don't matter too much. Right. Right. Kat, looking back at all of it, um, can you see now like other ways that God like either maybe surprised you throughout the, all of these years? Um, or I know we talked a little bit about like how he provided or how he changed your perspective. Is there anything looking back now that like surprised you in a good way of like, Oh, I saw God show up and I, you know, it, it wasn't what you expected. Yeah. So I I think of two things I would love to share. One, definitely the friendships that have been cultivated from it. Um, Some were women that I already knew, but I didn't know that part of their story. Or then unfortunately they ended up walking through a similar situation after me or, you know, something like that. Somehow our stories became even more intertwined because of miscarriage or because of infertility. Um, And that that's such a blessing. Like these women, I just adore. And I love that we have been able to share really intimate, like raw and real conversations um, and grow closer together, like because of that. So I'm very, very grateful for that aspect of things. Um, the second thing that I definitely, it's something I can look back on now um, with our first miscarriage. Um, so we ended up in the ER. Well, that doctor was such a light. Um, and he, he like, it makes me tear up to think about him, which maybe sounds like so strange, but he just was such, um, a blessing in that like really dark season. Um, it, that was just, there were several things that happened just within our like emergency room experience that were traumatic for me. And I think some of it is, well, Hey, you're going through something that's just emotional and physical, but also I've, I'm, I'm not in emergency rooms a lot. You know, it's just a whole new experience, like everything that's happening. And, 
the very first time you're walking through something like that. So then all of that is brand new and the various tests and the various things that are going on. Um, and I remember when he walked into our room and he was an old, I mean, he was probably 60, 65. He walked into our room and he said, I saw your name on the board and I knew I had to have you as my patient. My wife and I had four miscarriages before we conceived our children. And I just want you all to know I'm here for you. And it was just like this, it was just like an angel from the Lord, literally like the sweetest blessing. And at the time I didn't appreciate it as much, you know, it just made me cry even more yeah. and kind of be like, just leave me alone. Like, I just want to get out of here. Um, but I look back on that and I so appreciate his heart and his desire to just be empathetic and be there in whatever way and capacity that that looked like for him. Um, I just, I really appreciate him and the blessing that he was to us. Yeah. Do you feel um, like you're like Micah and this baby that is on the way? Um, I want. I just wonder from somebody looking out, like from the outside in, who have has not had a miscarriage, um, maybe who's had children just easily or whatever. Do you feel like it like erases the pain of it or replaces, or do you feel like you will always like? those are your babies and you have this place in your heart, regardless of how much time goes by or regardless of how many pregnancies you have that come full term, that you have these babies in your arms. Like, what does that look like just for the future, like of the memory of them in your heart? Yeah, that's a really good question. I don't, I don't think it replaces. Um, but I do think just like any sort of grief, like the pain dims over time. You know, and so our miscarriages took place in 2016. So that that was a while ago. You know, like the pain is different. Like looking back on it now, um, than it would have been in 2017. If I, you know, if we were having this conversation, my questions will a Micah was might not have been conceived yet, so they would have been you know totally different yeah. types of questions. But um, so I, I don't think it replaces, but I do think that it it almost helps with the dimming, you know, because it's not like for my story in particular, it's not like the miscarriages, they just kept adding up and adding up and adding up, or then it was two miscarriages. And then this, I'm still in a season of weight, you know, like I, I, I do have a son here on earth, like walking around downstairs right now. You know, I do have a baby that I will get to meet very soon. Like, so that does make it different. And that does show me hope um, and show very physically like the Lord providing and answering like that desire on my heart. Um, yeah. 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 I hope no, that helps. It does. No, thank you. Um, if somebody is listening right now and they've recently had a miscarriage or even not recently for that matter, and they're dealing with um, the trauma, the grief, the sadness, all of it, like, what do you have to say to her? Don't be afraid to sit in it. Um, that was really difficult for me. Uh, nobody wants to just sit in their grief. Nobody wants to feel like they're constantly reminded about their grief. And, and I don't mean sit in it like day in and day out, like all the time and let it consume you. But I do think, again, going back to my story in particular, one of the reasons why for me before I talked about it online, before I, not even just online, but before I even shared with some of my, my close friends, I needed for me personally, me and God to have conversations. Like I needed to journal my feelings. I needed 
needed to just get things out um, and address them head on a little bit before I felt like I would even know the words to say to somebody else or I would even know how to describe how I was feeling to somebody else. Um, and that and I was really hard. And there were a lot of tears with that and a lot of just emotional mess with that. Um, but I do think that it's really helpful and important in the overall like, healing process mm-hmm. is being able to do that on your own, like with your journal, with Jesus before then going to others. Yeah. I think that's really good advice. Uh, Kat, what do you think that God has set you free from? Mm, I love this question, Becky. It's my favorite um, one. I love hearing it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's so many things mm-hmm. to pick from. Um, in this particular, I'm going to keep it with like in, in this realm of mm-hmm. everything that we've talked about with miscarriage. I really do think that the Lord has set me free from fear of miscarriage. Um, I, that, I don't think that that means that... I, I will never fear it, but I think that it it means that he has shown me that he is more powerful than that fear. Um, And in constantly giving that fear to him and in leaning into him, um, he will, he will prevail. Yeah, he will. He does. He is. Um, Kat, thank you so much just for sharing your heart and all of this hard stuff that you've dealt with and being so open. Um, How can we see this new baby on the way when he or she arrives? (laughs) What's your Instagram? Uh, my Instagram is at catchmoyer. And I'd love to connect with you guys. Um, Like I said, I have just really appreciated the women that I have been able to um, to connect with because of miscarriage. Um, and I think that that has to be part of the goodness of walking through that grief. So I would truly love to connect with any of you guys uh, via DM. Let me know um, how, how I can help you, how I can be praying for you guys. Thanks, Kat. Thank you. Again, don't forget to check out the show notes where we have all of the info and links and resources we talked about in the show. You can go to beckymorquecho.com, B-E-C-K-Y-M-O-R-Q-U-E-C-H-O.com. Thanks for listening in.